0: Please welcome, please welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now, here's your host, Ed Maisogland. Welcome back to the Defenders of Business Value podcast. I'm your host, Ed MisoGland. I help business owners understand the value in their companies so that they can sell when they want, how they want, and to whom they want. Uh, Last week was our first installment of Frequently Asked Question Fridays. Uh, Based on the feedback, it was uh, well-received, so we're going to continue with this. And This week, we have three new questions, so let's get to it. The first question is how to value a business. Uh, That's a... That's a tough one, so it depends on the business, but let me see if I can't help you a little bit on your question. So there's three approaches to valuing any business, the asset, income, and market approach. The first one, the asset approach is, as it sounds, it, it focuses on the components of of the company, so the tangible, intangible assets, and you value them individually, and you add them together to come up with a value. Now, it typically renders the lowest value, but um, I tend to only use it when I have an underperforming company and and there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, goodwill associated with the company. The second one is the income approach. Income approach uh, is based on forecasting. I in the space that I work in, uh, uh, small business forecasts are extremely difficult, and they're only, I, don't, I guess I should say, the only time I ever use them is if my client has a history of being able to forecast accurately their next two to three years, and even that's not enough, but um, that's a, a conversation for another day, but what... The takeaway is it's based on forecasting. So if you don't, if you are unable to forecast with any degree of certainty, it's probably not the approach for you. The last one, and I and I spend most of my time using it, is the market approach. The market approach is based on, as it sounds, we use. Um, privately held sale data, and apply it to the company we're valuing. So we look at revenue cash flow, and we apply it to the company we're valuing that serves as a proxy for value. As much as I don't like the analogy, think of the market approach as valuing a home. So you you see other homes with four bedrooms, two baths within a certain area, and you can apply what you've learned about those homes and apply it to your home to get kind of a rough estimate. Well, the same thing you can do with a business. The The challenge that we have is, is market data. But if you listen to my podcast with um, Kenny Wu and Adam Manson from DealStats, you'll hear how we get that information and how we apply it. The next question is from a person that uh, well let me just read the question how do I know if I have a customer concentration issue I have one client that represents 40% of my total revenue will I be able to sell my business as I've indicated on the podcast you know most businesses are Saleable at some price, and the the challenge becomes a matter of risk and reward and identification of value. In a case of uh, customer concentration, we we bump into how does the buyer mitigate that risk? Because post sale they don't know what's going to happen, whether or not that that buyer or you know, whether or not that customer is going to stay. With them was the relationship with, with uh, with the with you as the owner, or how does that how does that work? And so, if if I'm a buyer, I have to come up with a way to mitigate that risk. And typically, it's it's done through uh, earnouts, uh, otherwise you know known as if then financing. So, if X, Y, and Z happen, I'm I will pay you X. So. So yeah, that's the that's the challenge with customer concentration. So now let's address the forty percent. So as you examine the forty percent, I think the first couple things that you need to examine is where is your profit coming from. So you and for example, we had a, a, a client that you know lost twenty um, percent of their their business, but it was making up. Forty percent of their profitability, so it, it was a it was a considerably bigger hit. So my 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 comment to you or my suggestion would be, dig deep into that customer and see how valuable they are to your business. So now addressing the saleability matter, um, yeah, I think I I think it is, but I think you need to understand that as so long as there's a customer concentration challenge that the buyer is going to have to mitigate that risk. And that's going to spook the lenders. It's going to spook the buyers. So what what do you do? The first thing you can do is anticipate that the buyer is going to make part of the purchase price contingent upon retention of that customer. So you may have to alter some of your post sale plans in order to accommodate uh, that transition. Second, you may have to stay with the business, you know an elongated time to ensure that the, that client or that customer is transitioned over to, to the new buyer. You may want to deploy some sort of incentive program for those within the organization or your salespeople that uh, can help you diversify that customer base. Anyway, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It it, it is a challenge and, and one, one of which is, is surmountable, but you're just going to have to understand that it, it's going to take a little bit more than than the normal deal in order to get out from under it. If you um, are looking for some some ways to diversify your customer base, uh, email me offline at edit defenders of business value. I'll do what I can to to help you out. Okay, our final question is, which is more valuable a franchise or an independent small business? And unfortunately, it's one of those things where I have to say it depends. So some buyers prefer, you know, the, the independent businesses, whereas others, are just the opposite. They need a system that has been worked out that that they simply can follow. And if they do everything they're supposed to do, they should be able to turn a profit. Well, let's take a look at some of the attributes related to independent as well as franchise businesses. So the ownership model is the first thing. And when we look at it, you know, franchises are, are a system. I mean, the infrastructure is put together, and there's and everything's been systematized. Whereas a independent business may not be systematized, and so it requires the owner to put in more effort um, in order to to operate the the business effectively. If you uh, have ever read Michael Gerber's E Myth or E Myth Revisited. You'll see that. I mean, that's that's one of the things is systematizing the business, so it's documented, almost operating like a franchise. The next thing you have to consider is size. I mean, when you have when you're an independent, I mean, you may have you may have the the corner on a particular type of um, service or, or product that you're selling, but when you look at a franchise, for example, you know, chances are they're probably a national national brand. And they have better name recognition than you. You you have local presence; they probably have national presence. Probably the last thing that I would I would bring up is the success rate. I mean that proofs in the pudding. So when we look at uh, both types of businesses, I think you find that there is um, it's debatable whether or not one type of business is more successful than the other, and you have to evaluate the, each business based on its merits. I was speaking at an event the other day, and um, they brought up the topic of Subways. So if you t- took a, a Subway sandwich shop that was generating $200,000 in profit, and you have Joe's sandwich shop that's generating $200,000 in profit, which is more valuable? Likely, it's the Subway because the subway has less risk associated with it, and that would be reflected in the, in the multiple. Okay, that's all the questions for today. Uh, if you have a question, you can go to defendersofbusinessvalue.com and all throughout the website, uh, including right down the sidebar, there is a ask a question. Just click it, and you can follow the directions and either record or submit a question, and we'll put it on the air. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can do so at Ed at Defenders of Business Value, or you can reach me on Twitter at Ed myso M-Y-S-O. Thank you so much for your attention, and we'll see you next week. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.